Welcome to the Action Coach Bolton Business Extra podcast. Today I'm joined by Phil Collins of SEO Enterprise. Phil definitely doesn't play the drums, but he always insists on telling me, uh, but he is absolutely brilliant at SEO. And today Phil's going to talk to us about Google and what Google looks for when it's looking at websites so you can take fullest advantage of, of Google with your website. Welcome, Phil. Thanks for having me. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're more than welcome. So we're going to cover probably top three, top five tips for you in terms of looking at Google and how Google um, interprets and looks at individual websites to help people who have a website now are looking at building a website about the right things that they need to do from Google's perspective. Is that right? Yes, that's the plan. That's what I've got in front of me. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay, where do you want to start then? Uh, so the, the biggest, kind of the biggest question that people get asked to me is what are the best tips, what are the best ideas, what are the, you know, what do I need to do to improve my presence on Google? Um, now there's, there's over 200 factors that Google takes into account when looking at a website, um, but they're all kind of based around three principles. And these three principles are the key to any SEO campaign, the key to relying and producing the best foundations for your website. So they come under kind of three, three headings. So the first one, which is the biggest one that everyone can kind of help with and get on with, is relevance. Um, Google yeah. understands your website if it's relevant to what you want to target. Yeah. If you're targeting a zillion different things um, that don't make sense or have a relevance towards each other, then it's a lot harder to kind of get there from a starting point because people have had 10, 15 years of head start. So yeah. if you're going to build a website and build a product, make the website as relevant to one topic or one industry as you possibly can. Right. If you want multiple if you want multiple different things, then you can build it in, but you're going to have to wait longer for your results. So, so when you're talking about when you're talking about relevance there, are you talking about um, a specific target market that you're aiming at? Or are you talking about the products and services that you're providing? The product and services that you're providing. So I can break down relevance a little bit further. So when Google comes into your website, the first thing it looks at is your domain name. So it registers your domain name and, and read your domain name as it would um, the headline of a book, for example. Yeah. And so we'll look at that and go, right. So then it looks for what we call a meta title. So it's the very first line you'll see when you're doing a Google search. You'll see in the Google search, there's a, a big purple line, um, blue line that has um, generally a lot of keywords, especially when I find they'll have a lot of keywords in there yeah. and a description underneath. So this meta title and description must be relevant to what your website's going to be about. Okay. what your content underneath is going to be about. Um, otherwise, it'll confuse the hell out of Google and it just won't rank you. It'll just confuse it. So it looks in that title and description and picks up um, exactly what you want to target from this, from these two points, if you like. Yeah. Um, and the next thing, it'll go into the black, that page or that website and it'll read your content. It won't read images. Um, it won't read videos. It'll read the physical text that you've got on your website. And yep. this is where the kind of saying content is kings come from. The better your content and the more relevant your content is to what you will target, the better you will rank based on this one factor alone. Um, relevance is the only really thing that you can make. This is the biggest skill part of SEO. 
having a very good content team or a content-driven website will outdo 90% of other factors. Okay. So when, when you talk about relevance and having relevant content, is that about having the right keywords and key phrases within that content? Or is it a more general relevance as far as the Google the algorithms are looking at? The biggest debate, well, one of the biggest debates, in, in especially my SEO kind of audits, if you like, is is keyword spelling in the content still working? And I stick to the fact that it never did. It never did. So I always say, um, especially if I'm talking to anyone, there's no such thing as SEO content or SEO um, blogs or anything like that. Write it for people. Don't write it for Google. Yes, you, you know, you, if you're writing naturally, the keywords will be in there anyway, and it'll come across a natural and more, more professional way of doing it. Don't think about SEO writing the content. Your homepage or even a service page, you should talk about that service. So naturally, the keywords should be in your conversation about that service. It needs to be at least probably close to 500 words per page yeah. about the content. If you're writing 500 words and not mentioning the keywords you want to target naturally about the product, then I don't think it's going to be as relevant as you think it will be. It probably needs rewriting, yeah. Yeah. And and I suppose the Google algorithms are actually quite intelligent and, and they're, they're more natural than we might think. They're not just spying out keywords. They're looking at content as a human would look at content nowadays yeah. to, to judge the- relevance. Google's trying to be as human as it possibly can and read it as possibly can. Um, before, back before Penguin and Panda was released, um, you could get away with spamming content and make it look, and you'd know it's SEO content because it'll start off with some, you know, you're putting an area randomly in and it's like, that doesn't make sense. It shouldn't be there. It works, but it shouldn't be there. And you can tell it's SEO content. Yeah. Um, and it's always said, don't do that. Google's always said, don't, you know, don't do that. Make it natural. I'll make it... Um, Relevant, relevant to the page, yeah. But it's never had a chance to catch it. So the algorithm's always changing. It's always, it's always evolving. It's, you know, it's, it's an AI in a sense that it'll always grow. And every time it goes into your website, it's learning something new about you and your website. Yeah. So always stick to the rules. The rules have never really changed. Um, the only change really is the mobile up, mobile updates, which we're going through later. But the rules have never actually changed. The foundations have never actually changed. Just right. got better people who are breaking the rules. Yeah. So in terms of relevance, then obviously your front page, your home page is going to have a lot of relevance to your overall um, company, the overall services that you're providing, or overall you know target markets that you're looking at. Um, and then each individual page after that depends on on the product or service that you're talking about. Yeah. That make sure there's at least five hundred words on each page. Is that what yeah. you're saying? Yeah. The way the way I do it is so you don't kind of burn yourself out or do too much too fast is start the content with 350 words and add to it. Um, so see where it lands, see where you get the 350 words with Google, see where you, once it's been read, see where you land for that key phrase you want to target. Yeah. And then you've got like a, a kind of a, a benchmark of what you need to do. So then just tweak, tweak it, add a paragraph, tweak the content, um, and then you've got like a benchmark to mark what's working and what's not. Yeah. Uh, just talking about tweaking content there, and the, you may be covering this later, but in terms of, of dynamic content, content that's evolving over time, is that still important to Google? Yeah, it likes new things. I always believe that Google likes to read new things. 
you don't want you don't want to change full whacks of content because it might prefer the old content to the new content. That's why blogs are vital, um, which we do cover later. Blogs are vital because it brings something fresh and new to your website. So Google gets bored. You know, it won't come into your website as often as it like to. If you've nothing there, to, if it's coming two or three times and there's nothing new, it'll wait longer for the next time it comes in. Yeah. So I, I suppose the the moral of the story is treat Google like a person. Yeah, treat. I used to summarize it as a as a, as a moody teenager. <laughs> it used to come in. It used to it used to not like things and spit his dummy out and, and knock your rankings down. It'll come in and like something, and then you get this mass you know this mass piece of energy from. From somewhere and it, it pushed your rankings up yeah um, and it, it's always it's always moaning about something you know it's always got it's always had these off days that will come in and find what doesn't like and they'll at least they'll tell you Most yeah don't so this one will at least tell you so yeah i was treated like a really teenager it's not quite got the the, the intelligence of, a, of an adult and the you know, understanding of an adult and uh, still spits his dummy out a little bit so i always i've always described it as a really teenager but it's it's getting older that's a brilliant, a brilliant analogy. So, is there anything else that we need to cover on relevance? Or does that that cover that one off? In its basic form, that covers that. Great. That covers that. Okay. So the so, next the next principle is trust. Uh, I've always lived it as trust. So the best way to kind of describe trust is I put it to like a voting system. So, say you're running for for a campaign or for, for like May or something like that. Yeah. And you get votes from other people and you get um, multiple votes from other people. And what we call, what we, we summarise as backlinks. So say I've got a, say I had a link on Action, Action Culture website to Marissa, for example. That's a vote. That's a, that's a show of trust from you to me to say, yes, I trust this website. Um, so I've sent you, I sent my users or my traffic to that website via this link. Yeah. So it's what we call in, in its overall version, it's called a backlink. So to build your trust, the, the two ones, only two ways to really build your trust, backlinks and time. And you can't control time. Time is just right. so the older your website, the more you know, the longer it's had that, that trust, uh, the longer that Google's built that foundation. So like having a relationship with Google, you're building that trust with Google, and as time goes by it becomes a more solid foundation, a more solid relationship, and you get on like house on fire. It's very yep. easy to kind of get your rankings up there. Um, right, okay. Backlinks uh, has been seen in the past of a, a little bit of a dark art because there are, are various websites that just go out there and, and you know offer you the opportunity to backlink. Um, and they've got just got multiple backlinks on there. Uh, so has the, in the past there's been ways of building up backlinks that haven't really been above board, isn't there? Yeah. So the biggest one of the biggest changes was when Google released Penguin and Panda, and um, one of them being was about the content that we've been through. The other one was about backlinks and how backlinks were always used. And this was the one thing that Google always felt foul on. It couldn't monitor. It couldn't quite find a balance of. Um, Punishing people that used bad backlinks. And what I mean by bad backlinks is the, the best way to describe it is unrelevant backlinks. So backlinks that make zero sense. So yeah. if you're a little gardener in Manchester, for example, and you've gone and got a thousand backlinks from some company in Russia that sells pornography, for example, then it just makes no sense. And yeah. the these are classed as bad backlinks, and this will get you penalized in Google now back when it didn't it actually yeah. was a good thing and 
Google took it on volume rather than quality. Yeah. Now the times have changed, and this is why SEO companies or I suppose SEO in, in general has changed in the sense it's, it's a lot more skillful now because you've got to go in and get backlinks from other sources that aren't necessarily aware they're a resource. So, you know, having, having friends with the websites that will write about you, generally it's relevant. Um, and, the, and relevance doesn't have to be perfectly relevant. The more relevant it is in the sense that the more industry relevant to you it is, the better it will become. But, for example, um, if I have an SEO company and I've got a backlink from an accountant, um, other than the actual accountant who needs SEO, SEO companies, there's no real relevance there. But yeah. there is a relevance in the SAPs that could be in the same area, say country, and it might not be as much power as, say, another SEO company, for example, giving me their backlinks. Yeah. Um, relevance is a lot, is, is a, relevance is the biggest trust factor. So right. have, have a link. So, so when so when you're if you're a restaurant having guest blogs or having links on food critics websites is a massive plus. Yeah. Um, what so let let me give you an example then, um, Phil. If you know we 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 have a business coaching company, uh, and we have a website. You're an SEO company, and if you do a, a blog or a, a page that's got some information about um, the the benefits that you've had from business coaching. And you put a link on that web, that blog article, or on that on that post, uh, back to our website as a yeah. business coaching company. Would that work? Would that be relevant? Perfect, Would they see that as relevant? It's a perfect, it's a perfect scenario. Okay, um, so even though even though we're completely different industries and not linked as an industry, because the article is is relevant. Yeah, the article is relevant, and not only that, we know we we do we have a color, a collaboration where we can you know cross you cross you know a business coach on a business. So yeah. there is that whole business link. Right. Um, you come under that whole business services, if you like. Okay. And uh, so it does, if you take it back to like, if you look at a directory, you take it back to the very first one. Yeah. Under that category. Um, the closer you get to each other, the better. So, but again, quality will always be quantity. Don't go out and get a, a thousand links. Don't build websites and put, you know, have one page that links to all you, um, all yourself. It, it, you know they're all manipulative ways of doing it. Just don't do it that way. Again, yeah. it's the same scenario. Make it natural. It has to be relevant. It has to be natural. You have to do things in yeah. a sense that looks natural and looks like you know I'm I'm a trust. You know my website's trustworthy. It's been going for X amount of years. It's been you know it's been growing over the over the years. I've got that good trust with Google. So if I'm recommending you, if I'm sending people from my website to your website then I'm telling Google, I trust you. Yeah. So you get that, you get that boost of bonus from my trust to you. Yeah. So if, if I get a backlink from a site that's got a huge amount of trust in Google, then it increases, obviously, the amount of trust that Google has yeah. in our website. Yeah. Excellent. Good. So that's trust. You Point number three? Number three. This is a relatively newish one. Um and it's going to get a little bit bigger next year from what we understand. And I cover it under usability. So that's, in its fine form, that's how usable your website is. So Google wants to present to you, when you do a search, of the biggest, I think, I think the biggest perk Google's got is it has, well, 94% of the market's trust. So when you put search into Google, you trust what Google will bring back the best result for you. Yeah. Uh, rather than using other sources. So 
that he has to live up to that name. So other than the two principles you've got, usability has to be a big one. And now the world's moved to mobile and tablet, there's a big emphasis on how well your website runs on mobile, how well it runs on the tablet, because I think it's gone, um, and don't quote me on this, I think it's gone to like 75% of the, of the country now does most of their browsing using a phone or tablet. Yeah. Um, no, I don't know the exact figures, but it's heading that way at the very least. So they put a big emphasis in, in how usable your website is. So that comes down to how fast it is when you land on it, how big the images are. So you've got to think of data protection on data. When, you're, when you go to a website, your phone downloads and it uses your data up. So if yeah. you've got massive data, you're, you know, you're hindering people's data allowances, which will yeah. affect how fast your website's going. Now, they've got their own tool, um, Google. Google have got their own developers. It's called a PageSpeed. So if you ever Google, you go to Google and put in like PageSpeed Insights or PageSpeed Test, it's got its own developer link. You put your right. URL in there, and it'll give you a score on how to fix it. Um, and, that's, and it can do that for desktop and mobile, can it? It'll yeah, give you a different speed for desktop and mobile. Um, from what I understand, um, and this is kind of a, a key a key thing to most websites out there, forget desktop. Focus purely on mobile. And let desktop yeah. find itself naturally because um, that's going to that's bring the most uh, the most benefit from a sales perspective. Um, focus on your mobile side of things. Right. We are, we are going to do another podcast in the near future with a, a website designer who obviously in amongst the hints and tips they're giving, we'll be talking about how to make sure you can speed up your website. Mm-hmm. But there, there are some simple tools. You said you mentioned image sizes. You know, yeah, quite yeah. often you'll see people who've designed their own websites and they'll stick an image in that's quite a large file size into the website and then wonder why it takes a long time to download and they get a low score when, when people are downloading it to mobiles. And that's even though it's shrunk down yeah. to size, it's still that same large file size. Yeah. So that can have a massive impact on speed. The server it? lives on as well, the big, the big factor. You know, the server's got to be able to handle the amount of traffic that you're sending that way, as well yeah. as anything else on that server. Um, but so again, you use a reputable website hosting company. Yeah, yeah well, even, even that, you know, you can have shared hosting. So you can share your server with up to you know, 100 other people on the, on the server. Yeah. Uh, and your, your, your house is on their street. So the way I kind of describe as hosting is, is you're, you're living in, on the street. So if, you, if, you're in, in, you know, if you're in the wilderness somewhere on a house on your own, that actually works better from a Google's point of view. But if you're in a neighbourhood and then your neighbour, in a sense, has a massive party and able to come into this house, yeah. taking, all, taking all the bandwidth away, um, it's going to affect you. Gonna affect your house. So you're gonna hear all that noise, and your your house is you know gonna have kids screaming up at night because they can't get the traffic onto your website. It's all over there. And um, so the server, the server kind of is is vital to to how things run from a speed point of view. Now I'm a host expert, so I always revert back to host experts on what's good for that server. And e-commerce, e-commerce websites will have a different requirement to a, a standard website, and you've got other other types of websites that might require different specs. So have a look at your hosting and cheap isn't always the best. Um, right. Cost you more than, than you think. But sometimes, you know, for startups, especially with any startups, cheap is sufficient until you can afford the next level. Yeah. yeah. So uh, that's speed in terms of usability. Is, are there any other um, areas in terms of usability that they need to focus on? One of the things that, 
um, I've heard in the past is about the actual, the depth of your website, how your pages are linked together and, and the sort of the way they, they link together, uh, the deeper they go. Is that still relevant? Yeah. Um, the biggest the, the biggest no-no um, on this topic is don't have floating pages. So don't have pages that you can't get to from your homepage. Right. So if people used to have, still do, and this can kind of still work even though they shouldn't, have landing pages. So you'd have the same page, you'd have the same homepage targeting Manchester or Liverpool or Oldham, you know, different area, different areas of these pages, but you couldn't yeah. find them from the homepage. You'd have to land on that page and then yeah. filter through to the website. And the idea, you know, having these these sort of pages just A shouldn't work and I'm pretty sure they're a big no-no. And you just need to incorporate them into into your main website. So have you know, the bigger the website, the better. Have as many pages as you possibly can that are relevant and not just spammy. Um, so the bigger the website, the better. That's why, again, we go back to blogs. Blogs being very key because it grows your website. It grows your website yeah. in content and in pages. So keep growing your website in that way. And that means breaking down services to target different areas. And my biggest tip, and my, I wasn't going to kind of give you this tip, but this tip is for an area page, use a case study. So right. rather than have another page targeting an area, which is basically the same as your homepage, just with different content, have a case study, have a proven case study yeah. about that service you provide in that area. And in effect, if you can, the client itself, um, yeah. or at least have you know, X company in this area. And it just converts better. We've come across it, it converts better, and it's better than yeah. just moving that crappy but- area. It's really interesting that you talk about landing pages because I know a lot of people in the past um, when they're doing uh, paid-for advertising campaigns through through Google or, well, particularly Google, sometimes Facebook as well, um, they'll build a landing page specifically for that advertising campaign. Mm-hmm. But if you search through the menu structure on your homepage, you would never find that because it's not linked to anything else. It's just a specific landing page that has a, a funnel in it and a big call to action to get people to do something else as a result of landing on that landing page, yeah. which has been as a result of the advert that's been placed with the call to action on that advert. So I, are you I, now I, saying that those landing pages are a bad thing and they should find another way of bringing people in through advertising that? I would recommend another way. However, you can do that way if you block Google from seeing that page. So you right. can block pages. So... If you can if you can block pages in your website that Google will not find um, through its through its bots, for example, then you'll you'll be fine. Um, if it's just purely a funnel for advertising and things like that, then it'll be fine as long as you, as long as you block it um, yeah. from, from being yeah. found as a search page. Yeah, and, and the thing that you mentioned before about having uh, almost uh, different home pages for different areas. So if somebody searched, for instance, for business coach in Bolton or a business coach in Blackburn, you'd have a separate, traditionally people will build a separate page mm-hmm. to appeal to business coach, you know, to the business coach in Blackburn community as they would for the business coach in Bolton community. But that Blackburn one wouldn't be linked through the original homepage. So that's not necessarily a good thing. No, I mean, there are ways. So a subdomain will count with a different domain. So if you, if you had Bolton.actioncoach, for example, then yeah. that's fine because it's classed as a different as a separate website altogether. Yeah. And it does work the other way. It does work the other way. So you can have a four slash Bolton and build a separate site that way. And ideally, you'd want them all linked from Action Coach, for example. So the main Action Coach page 
yeah. would have somewhere along the line, along, along its um, tree, a link to um, yourself in some yeah. point. Um, even if it's just like a page in a blog somewhere, It'll have a link from that somewhere. Um, yeah. So it helps to find it. But for example, you wouldn't have to have forward slash Bolton. You wouldn't have to have a link to Blackburn because you've already you're separate from that anyway now. So yeah. from the command structure, as long as it's linked from the homepage in some sort of fashion, and um, that isn't breaking all the guidelines and such, then that works fine. That works right. That works really well. You want to link because it shares. It talks. You want the, you want the site to talk to each other. Um, yeah. You want the site to talk to each other as possible. It helps share power. It helps share relevance to the site as well. Yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned blog posts um, a little while ago and case studies. Obviously, all those can help. And, and the more dynamic the content, the better. So uh, are there any hints and, and tips for actually writing blog posts that we need to think about? The, the, the best tip I can give you is a lot of people have a frequently asked questions page. and They'll have on that page 10 to 15 questions and answers. Um, my advice will always be, do a blog for each do a blog for each question. Right. Because if people are asking you questions, there's a very good chance they're actually Googling that question as well. Yeah. So if people are Googling the question and you've got going back to the relevant scenario, you've got one page with 10 different questions on with um, 10 different answers. That's in theory, you're targeting 10 different questions on one page. So you're only 10% relevant to that one question that someone's Googling. Yeah. If you put that question into a blog post and answer that question and that blog post is all about that, then that blog post is 100% relevant to what that person's typing into Google. So you're right. more likely to appear on Google for that. Yeah, that okay. Question. Well, I think I've just found my next 10 blog posts then now. <laughs> <coughs> That's going to be interesting. Um, so there's lots of other... Um, you know, little hints and tips that have always floated around the internet about how to make SEO brilliant and some stuff that is absolutely to be avoided when you're doing SEO. Mm-hmm. Are, there, are there any things that jump out for you, Phil, in terms of things to be absolutely avoided um, for websites? Yeah, don't pay for, don't pay for links. Um, you'll get plenty of questions or emails from certain parts of the world saying, we'll give you a thousand links for this amount of money. Never do that. Right. The biggest thing, you've got to think of it as an insurance part as well. If you're relying on links to power your website rather than relying on your own website, then you've got something completely out of your control, controlling your business, your website, your shop, your shop front. So say, for example, my website's poor. It ranks on page one because I've got these massive trustworthy websites pointing yeah. to me. One of them goes down without a business. One of them turns into a gambling site, one then turns into a site that's not relevant to you. You've lost your income, you've lost your power on page one overnight and you have no way of getting that back overnight. Yeah. If you if you're being aided by a backlink or being helped by backlinks to help power what you would have got on your own website, then your the loss of a link or the loss of a link that you're relying on wouldn't hurt you as much as it would in another fashion. Not only yeah. that, if you're controlling other backlinks, if you're building blogs, if you're building other websites to enhance your your backlink repertoire, if you like, then it's all in your control. You know exactly what's going to happen, exactly what's going to happen, uh, and you've got full control of what ranks your website. Brilliant. 
That's been great, Phil. Thank you very much. So relevance, trust, and usability are the keys moving forwards. Yeah, they're, they're the, the building blocks you need. Um, and it hurts me to say it's, it's the most time-consuming thing, unfortunately. There are people will try and sell to you and give you shortcuts, but unless these foundations are, are stable, then you know, you're always, you're always taking time on with the very best. Yeah. yeah. Build your house. You can power your own website to, to rank without bad links. So, so we've got these foundations, especially locally. And really? you can do it yourself. It's not something you need to pay someone for. It's, it's right. time. It's a time thing. Um, yeah. The biggest thing about SEO is it's time consuming. Yeah, yeah. And if somebody does want to talk to you, Phil, I don't want to do you out of any business by saying you can do it yourself. Um, you've got your own company, SEO Enterprise, based in, in Greater Manchester. Yeah. Um, what are the services that you offer for, through SEO Enterprise and your team there? So biggest one, so obviously we started, um, so obviously we started five years ago. Um, and the main reason I started SEO Enterprise was because I was sick of SEO companies taking the Michael. So um, I jumped around. I found the odd ethical company that I wanted to work for. Where I, where I started was a very good ethical company and I learned a lot. Um, and I went and kind of honed in my craft from there. And, you know, you when you, when you work with the less ethical companies that lock people into contracts that they have no interest in honouring until the end of the contract and the interview invoice again, you get a little bit bogged down. So we, just, we went out and said, I want to build a company. I want to build a service that we can be proud of and the brand can be proud of, you know, SEO can be proud of in general. So yeah, our biggest thing is SEO. We don't get involved in anything else other than organic rankings because that's what we're good at and that's what we specialise in. Part of that is we do have a very good um, content team. So yeah. like I've been through before, the biggest part of our SEO campaigns is the content we produce and is the content that we write for our clients and I've got a full team of people sat there writing blogs all day um, and you know they've been trained and told the way to do it in the most natural ways possible and um, yeah. I don't train my SEO content team to do SEO um, I want them to stay as free and creative for the content as they possibly can so yeah. in a sense we can do we do do content as a service as well but our bread and butter and what we're good at is giving you the time back to do what you're good at and we'll do what we're and put you on page one of Google. Brilliant. How do people get in touch with you? Give me a call. <laughs> I'll give you a call, give me an email. But my, um, the best way is at Google SEO Enterprise um, and give me a call through there or give me a call on my one number. Uh, but, you know, I even get phone calls on Christmas Day from clients for that close. So, you know, it's just, just give me a call. It's 07852 and straight to me. Brilliant. Phil, it's been an absolute pleasure. Love talking to you. Those hints and tips are absolutely priceless as far as I'm concerned. We're going to put this podcast out straight away and I'm sure we'll get a lot of viewers, a uh, lot of listeners getting in touch and um, hopefully it'll uh, you'll get some coming through to you as well. So, Phil, thank you very much for your time. Appreciate it. I know how busy you are at the moment with SEO Enterprise. And, and, twins. Voice, <laughs> and, and twins and another daughter. So in a few years, you're going to have three disruptive teenagers there um, that we were talking about earlier on. So I'm sure, you're looking... Please, <laughs> I'm sure you're looking forward to that. Phil, thank you very much for your time. Um, this has been Action Coach Bolton's Business Extra podcast with Phil Collins from SEO Enterprise. Look forward to speaking to you all again.